0: I just invite you to uh, speak through these words that I'm going to share today and uh, help people just to uh, hear something from you that you want to say to them. Amen. G'day, I'm Caleb, and uh, I want you to imagine for a moment that you were tasked with creating a video blog titled, The Essential Things That The Next Generation Need To Know. Think about what topics would you include in your blog to share with the next generation. Would it be how to tie a double Windsor? like my dad taught me, or change a car tire, or mastering which way the knife and fork are meant to go when setting the table. I've got a confession, Seb was around for dinner this week, and I did get it wrong, so I th- <laughs> it was only because I had to do a switch, and it was, got messy. <laughs> or how about the complete history of Crusaders Super Rugby, Star Wars movies, any fans out there, or Mixed Member Parliament, maybe not. Or maybe you would share with them how they can survive 24 hours without anything digital. There is so much that we can share with the next generation. But what is most important? Well, Psalm 78 says, Stories we have heard and known. Stories that our ancestors have handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of our Lord. About His power and His mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob, he gave his instructions to Israel, he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born, and they in turn teach their own children, so that each generation should set its hope anew on God. And there are so many incredible stories and truths in the Bible of God, impacting generation after generation with an unceasing love. And our desire here today is that the next generation will not only know these stories, but they would know Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And as a new dad, I've, with my almost one-year-old daughter up the back there, my desire in prayer is that Nadia will know Jesus and put her trust in him. So my question for us today is how do we share our faith with the next generation? And it's a question for dads to think about, but also for every person that's here. So my life's changed a whole lot in the last 12 months, and it's full of so much incredible joy and exhaustion. One change is that I'm now acutely aware that someone is watching me, following me, and listening to me. You know, the moment I open the dishwasher, I hear these little knees and the sound of panting coming around the corner at top-crawling speed with this curious goal, of obtaining a knife or a fork out of the dishwasher and putting it in your mouth. <laughs> when I leave the room to go to the bathroom, I can count the seconds before someone has pushed open the door and is following me in. Doing the dishes, there's always someone trying to climb our legs to see what's going on. And even writing this talk, I leave the laptop for one minute to do something... <laughs> come back and find the whole talk has been deleted. <laughs> Maybe she didn't think it was very good, or, but <laughs> I'm just glad that I'd saved it. Nadia's first sounds were, huh? Huh? You may, might have heard this across the auditorium, and Kat and I one day realized that, well, she'd actually picked this up from us, because we're always saying it to each other when we kind of only half hear what the other person's saying. Huh? Huh? <laughs> it's just what happens in our house. But we know that children are little sponges and it can be scary to think how much influence we have on them. And in this this new day where we've got online shopping instead of actually going out shopping, social media, news, TV, all on our devices, Kat and I have become so much more aware of how much screen time we have, what is this modelling, what what messages are we sending to Nadia, does she get ignored when she frequently looks up at us for affirmation? I know that as a dad, I have a lot to learn, and I could learn so much from every dad here, so if you could all write your book sooner than later it would be really great. But each of, one of us is being watched by the next generation. And you might be a grandparent, a brother, a sister, a friend or a classmate. You have influence on others. You know Jesus says that we're like salt that flavors everything we come in contact with, or like light and darkness. And at times, I know my influence could be better. Those times when I say, do as I say, not as I do. And at times, our influence can be completely ignored. You know, we might say to a friend, I wouldn't do that, and they go ahead and do it anyway. Or parents might know what's best for their kids, but your kids might want something different. Take nappy change. Nadia will be happier after it. The air will have a much more pleasant aroma. Yet to lie still for a few seconds can be such a struggle as she wants to be free, not realizing that we have her best interests in mind. Well, before being a parent, you wouldn't have seen me within a mile of a nappy change. But I do think that God gives a special grace to parents, whether it's for changing nappies or rearranging furniture to cover those carpet stains or holes in the wall, or being able to show extra grace and patience to them, like our Father in heaven shows to us. And I've got such an appreciation for my dad and mum, for the, the sacrifices, the lost sleep, I understand that more now, the selflessness for me and my three brothers. And dad, you've always had an open door. Working from home helped a lot, but you didn't mind us coming in and just yarning away to you. And with four boys, that <laughs> that's a, sure is a distraction from work. But you were always calm. I remember going in and telling you when I crashed the car the first time. <laughs> You didn't get upset, you didn't worry, you just had this relaxed kind of, we'll get it fixed. <laughs> and you've shown me such an amazing example as uh, you've sought to follow Christ, and I'm so grateful that for the choices that my parents have made to follow Jesus, and for the choices that their parents made to follow Jesus, that has had a generational influence on my life. So I want to share today Two ways we can have this generational influence. And it's based around a short scripture that's just been on my mind this year. Some of you might recognize it from a song. I'm looking at Carl. Psalm 1914, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. See, King David, who wrote this, who prayed this, had a heart for generations to know God. As king, he had influence. He could have what he wanted, when he wanted. People had to listen to him and obey. And yet in this position of power, David desired that the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart would bring God glory. See, David knew God as his rock and his redeemer. And rock is a refuge, a safe place, a refuge. said that. A solid foundation. With God, we're talking way better than TC1. Better than our abilities and our achievements. Better than relationships, friendships that may not always be there when we need them most. Rock says, God, you are the source of my strength. When everything shakes and moves in my life, I know that you are dependable and will be there. And we sung about that this morning. He's never going to let me down. Redeemer speaks of salvation, of a price that's being paid for our freedom from sin and death. And while David wrote this hundreds of years before Jesus came. He knew something of the grace of God. He had caught a glimpse of what was to come through Jesus. And the next generation need to know that they are so valued by a Father in heaven that loves them so much, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for them on a cross. And no matter if we've stumbled or fallen, if we believe in Jesus, we are forgiven and lifted up. And one way that the next generation will know Jesus is through the words of our mouth. Our words have influence. And I know sometimes I can say the wrong thing. I was recently flying uh, from Wellington back to Christchurch and the plane was coming in to land quite low to the ground when suddenly it lifts off again. And there was no message across the speakers and we didn't know what was going on. So I start thinking the worst. What could it be? And I casually say to the lady next to me, well, maybe the wheels can't go down. (laughs) this did not give her peace of mind and on landing I could tell that she had been quite visibly stressed through all this so I've learned not to say that again on a plane (laughs) a dad was teaching his daughter about the power of words before she went off to intermediate school and the dad had uh, handed his daughter a a tube of toothpaste, and asked her to squirt it all out onto a plate. And when she had finished, he said, okay, can you put it all back into the tube? And she exclaimed, but I can't do that. That's too hard. The dad used this illustration to talk about how we can use our words to hurt, slander, and wound others, or to heal, encourage, and love others. But once the words leave our mouth, they're hard to get back. Followers of Jesus, I think we should be known for how we speak, because people do notice In Proverbs 12, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And in Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we get to use the words of our mouth to speak life to the next generation. And I want to share with you five ways we can do this. Firstly is encourage others. Encouragement has steered the course of my life, whether it's been given an opportunity To grow or people encouraging me when I've nervously stepped out and tried something new. Encouragement in small things has led me to say yes to bigger things. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Is there someone you can encourage today? Nadia has been determined that she's going to feed herself with a spoon. And a few times it actually has worked. But as you can imagine, this can be quite messy, and Daddy's job is continually picking up the food off the floor so she can try again. <laughs> it would be so much easier if I could just feed her, but to learn is to have the freedom to give things a go and not be afraid to fail. And church, we, need to, we can help provide a safe place for the next generation to give things a go. And hey, if they make a mistake, why not just pick it up off the floor and try again? Scott Robertson, coach of the Crusaders, winning Crusaders yeah. champion team, <laughs> says, some days you'll drop the ball and you don't catch everything, but how we speak can make a massive difference because people feed off it. And then at the Crusaders, they try to create an environment where players care about what they're doing rather than fear, fear of making mistakes. Because once you start talking about mistakes and errors, it's in the forefront of their mind. So sometimes it takes a change in our perspective. Nadia loves to rearrange her house. And she pulls everything out of the pantries, out of the pantry, out of the cupboards. And it literally resembles the aftermath of an earthquake after maybe half an hour of her reorganizing. And words like trouble, mischief, destroyer come to mind. (laughs) Then we remind ourselves that she is created in God's image with creativity, this desire to learn and to explore. And she is her mother's daughter. <laughs> but to be a better encourager, I think it helps if we are praying for others. Because when you pray for someone, you begin to see them as God sees them. And what if we spent less time talking about others and more time praying for them? Prayer is another way that we speak life to the next generation. When we pray for them, For people, They get to experience God's love, His truth, and His power revealed to them. I know I have. And I love seeing uh, what God's doing amongst the youth as Seb just encourages them to hear God's voice and to share that with others to encourage them. So keep it up, guys. It's awesome. When we pray with the next generation, they discover how we can chat to God, how we can just talk to Him wherever we are and whatever is going on around us, that they can access God's throne room. We speak life to the next generation by teaching them God's word. How will the next generation have faith? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And in Psalm 19, David declares that God's word revives the soul, brings joy to the heart, and gives light to the eyes. Isn't this what the next generation need? Their soul revived, a joyful heart, light to see as they navigate some pretty tricky stuff in life. We also speak life to the next generation through our own God stories. Our testimonies build faith in us and in the next generation. God answered a, a prayer this year uh, for something that I've been praying for for over two years. And When we renovated our house, we got a new roof put on. But the, roo- the roof has mistakenly left a hole in it uh, for a vent that wasn't required. And this kind of bugged me, especially when it rained and it would weigh on my mind and for two years, I'd chased the builder who chased the roofer, uh, and two years praying that it would be fixed. Well, one day, biking home, though, I felt this breakthrough in prayer as I felt prompted to pr- pray blessing for the roofer and the builder, because God reminded me that his weapons are not the same as the weapons of the world. And the next day, the builder rang to say that they were onto it, and within weeks, after two years of waiting, it was finally fixed. Praise Praise God. <laughs> Our God stories, like the stories of the Bible, show that in spite of our own weakness, God is good and God is faithful. And I want to encourage anyone that missed Kelly's message a couple of weeks ago to uh, listen online. It was uh, looking at this topic and just incredible. We speak life to the next generation through what we praise. Psalm 145 says, one generation will praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. And we can do this whether we're up walking along a mountain, saying God is good, or whether we're singing in the car, or coming here to church and worshiping God, or even when we say grace before dinner, not out of just routine or because it's what Christians should do, but just to express our genuine heartfelt gratitude to our God and give him the glory. 1 Corinthians 1 says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. And I think This can be particularly challenging maybe for us blokes, because some of us like to think that we're always right. And at times we have this kind of one-upmanship where it can be tempting to boast how awesome we are. (laughs) Jeremiah 9, the Lord says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this. That He understands and knows me; that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. In some circles I've been in, people boast about their education—that you know, the letters after their name, the position that they may have reached, or their, the success they may have achieved. But these will all be gone one day. We should boast in Christ, so the next generation will not know how great we are but how great he is. I don't need to be remembered or applauded. I just want to be an arrow that's pointing the right direction. When we speak words of life to the next generation, we influence them to run the race of faith that God has before them. But you know, it's not only our words that count. It's also where our heart sits. David prays, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Jesus says in Luke six forty five that a good man brings good things out of the good that's stored up inside his heart. And the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So I believe to see the next generation follow Jesus, we need to personally see Christ above all else as our rock and our redeemer. Because when we fix our heart and our mind on him, it changes the way we live, the example we set, and the influence that we have. The things that we think on reflect what we're passionate about, and we all have passion for something. When you get spare time, you know, what do you, uh, what is it that you do if you get spare time? (laughs) What do you find yourself dreaming about? Or what do you often talk about? We see passion in others. You know, we know Mike Button is a keen fisherman, a man of prayer, and has a passion for others knowing God. Bart Taylor has a passion for cars a job well done, and helping people in need. And the passion that we have is influential. When you're talking to some, oh, and Tori. (laughs) 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 Yeah, the passion we have is influential. When you're talking to someone who's passionate about something, you can't help but be a little bit interested. In fact, our passion is contagious. There's a saying that some things are caught, not taught. So if you love sport, there's a good chance that some of your kids will catch your passion for it. You just have to watch any sport game at the Tomset's house to see this. <laughs> we were out fishing a few summers ago and, with John Button, and we got to see a new side to Anna as she's caught her passion, her, her father's love of fishing. And Kat and I would hold the rods and would and hook a trout on the line and wind it in, and then we were kind of done there, like, we'd got the fish, but Anna would, would carefully bring it up out of the water and extract the hook from the fish's mouth and give it a kiss and then release it back into the lake. <laughs> Kat's inherited her love for creative projects from her parents, and I think God did really well putting us together, because I'm quite skilled at breaking things, <laughs> and Kat is really good at fixing things. As long as I remember to tell her that I've broken something. (laughs) But this passion she caught from her dad. And so being Father's Day, is there something that you're passionate about that you caught from your dad? If our passion is contagious, then our passion for Jesus will also be contagious. It will influence others so that they will know him. The next generation, they might catch our passion for watching movies, but will they catch our passion for following Jesus? Or they might catch a a love of shopping. See some dads disagreeing. (laughs) But will they catch our love for God's house? And maybe the next generation will catch our passion for working hard and succeeding in life, but will they catch our passion for helping the poor and downtrodden, for fighting injustice, for giving others a hand up? You know, it's our love for one another that tells the world we are his disciples. He came, Jesus came and showed us what this love was. And we can choose what it is that fuels our passion by choosing what our thoughts meditate on. There's lots of people these days vying for your thought life. I get up to 20 emails a day telling me I should go on holiday somewhere or out for dinner. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with them, but these things may not be top priority in my life. <laughs> Our news feeds used to, and on Facebook used to be you know, people putting up photos or, or life updates, whereas now it just seems to all be advertising and politics. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And Colossians 3 says, Set your heart on the things above. When we draw near to God, He promises to draw near to us. And it's in this relationship that with Him that we catch his heart for loving people, for finding the lost, for healing the wounded. Okay, so what if our passion dries up? And Kat and I spent a couple of years doing our house repair, Reno, and while it was really cool for me to learn lots of new skills, like how to use a battery drill and things like that, it sucked a lot of my passion for other things. On Sundays, after having spent evenings and all day Saturday working on the house, I, I'd come along to church and just feel exhausted, you know, through the worship and spend quite a bit of time praying during the sermon. I had less time and, and less energy for people. But God is faithful, and He created these different seasons, and, and when our passion may dry up, we just have to come to, we just come to Him as we are, because our Father in heaven is infinitely passionate about our relationship with you and me. And if you've been through a hard time and you you might feel like, God, I I just don't know if if I have enough faith, know that He is faithful. He does not leave you. He is our rock and our redeemer and big enough for our troubles. You don't need to sort of try to please Him more. Just come as you are. and, And as you do, He will show you ways that you can connect with Him. And maybe it'll be bringing you back to ways that you once connected in the past. Or maybe there'll be fresh ways that you can draw close to God. We have a total praise service here once a month that's just an opportunity to come along and find some fresh ways of connecting with God. Because when you seek Christ, you will find Him. I want to take a moment just to speak to anyone here that is seeking I have a, a workmate who has been on a journey this year of finding out more about God. And a month or so ago, it was so cool to go along and see him get baptized at his church. And the same day, his wife made a decision to follow Jesus. It's such an exciting step for both of them, and they know that their lives have just changed so much. And if you're here seeking, it, I just want to say you are so welcome, and it is so cool that you are here We're not into signing up converts into a a religion, just pointing to a God that loves you so much. He paid the full price dying on a cross so that he could be with you for eternity. We were separated by our sins from heaven, so he brought heaven down with Jesus. And by choosing Jesus, we enter the best relationship ever. And it's a choice that will have a flow-on impact and bless generation after generation to come. So if there's someone here that wants to make that choice today, to accept Jesus, to be your rock and redeemer, you can just come as you are. I'd love to be able to lead you in a prayer. And so I'd just ask that everyone would close your eyes now. And and if you want to make that choice today and just say, Jesus, yeah, I want to follow you. I know I've messed up at times, but Jesus, I believe that you died for all my wrongs. And I want to make a fresh start with you. If you want to make that decision today, then I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And if you'd just raise your hand now so that I could see it. Um, And then we can all pray it together. Is there anyone that wants to make that choice today? Okay, hopefully I haven't missed any hands. Church... And the band can come up. Let's continue to tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. Let's continue to be a church that is known in this city for raising up the next generation of Christ followers. Whether it's our youth work or our children's work or what's happening amongst icons or a 40, 50, 80 year old coming to Christ Let's continue to speak words of life to the next generation. And let's influence them by having a contagious passion for Jesus. As we do, I know that this makes God smile. Thank you very much.